Hey, it's you, man, from KC95 here. Good evening, and welcome to Toasted Tavern. Your host, Scott Tobin, and the man called Wags are ready to bring you the night in sports. So pull up a stool, grab a drink, and let's get toasted. Good morning, and welcome into the Toasted Tavern. Yes, I know it is early on a Saturday, but you got to think. It's college football Saturday, so everything starts early. The tailgating, the uh, responsible drinking, and the good food smells that are going around as we get set for the first real official first week of college football. Lots of big matchups today, beginning at 11 o'clock. But, Scott, you and I both had some high school football games last night to kind of get us primed for today. Uh, A couple of blowouts for us, but still fun to get out there. But it's college football season, and we are so excited and ready to go. How are you doing, and how excited are you for today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, it's always fun when college football gets into full blast, as it does today, and there's some big matchups, like you said. And hopefully we see better games than you and I did at our uh, high school games last night, because like you said, they were both pretty much blowouts. That they were, but it was good to get back out there and and get on the call and, and see some young football players apply their trade and hopefully a couple of them will get to the point where they're going to be playing on Saturdays and then maybe Sundays and we'll talk about the big matchups today we have four top 25 matchups between top 25 teams to get to today uh, among others but first we got to start with the local teams you've got uh, Mizzou and Illinois both in action today we'll start with Mizzou because they've got their home opener today against Central Michigan Uh, If you look at the Chippewas, they're going to be without head coach Jim McElwain today. He had an emergency appendectomy a couple of days ago. Now, there's still a potential that he may appear on the sideline. But uh, after myself having an appendectomy down in Cape Girardeau, uh, I was not ready to get up and walk around after uh, after three days, let alone a couple. Yeah, that that would be kind of tough to be on the sidelines trying to deal with that. I'm sure uh, I'm sure he's not the most in the most comfort trying to deal with that. So I'm sure the assistant coaches will handle those chores today more than likely that they certainly will. All right, let's, let's talk about Mizzou because they, they had a bit of a down year in a sense in Eli Drinkwood's first season with the Tigers. I mean, not so much a down year as in a bad season, but there were a lot of expectations last year. And I, I think they still played well. They, they got some guys into the lineup that, Really, we're going to make an impact this year. We talked about Connor Basilic uh, at, at the quarterback position. I thought he uh, he came in and played well in the couple games that he had a chance to appear in. But after last year, what are you expecting from this Tigers team uh, with the great recruiting classes that Drinkwitz has had and and really instilling his offense? What, what do we expect from from Mizzou this year? Uh, I'm hoping for you know a step up, some improvement, some growth in that team. You know, they, they're going to have a lot of really young kids coming in the next couple of years, a lot of high prospects. So you just want to see them improve. And, you know, I think they played pretty well last year. I mean, we weren't exactly sure what you were going to get with Eli Drinkwitz. First year, you know, in a Power 5 conference, you know, taking over. The quarterback situation was kind of up in the air. You know, there were a lot of questions with that team last year. So I think they did pretty well, um, you know, and you just want to see them advance this year I think uh, there's a really good opportunity for them to move up in the rankings in the SEC you know I'm I'm hoping for a you know eight and four nine and three type season I think that's the best you, you can kind of expect I mean no one expects him to absolutely run the table this year because it is going to be a a very very tough tough schedule in the SEC as it is always uh, you know, you've got Central Michigan today at home then you travel to Kentucky Southeast Missouri State after that and then a, a final pre-SEC game against Boston College. But 
you got to look at who they have this year. They're hosting Tennessee. They're hosting Texas A&M. They travel to Georgia. That's going to be the biggest game, I think, on the schedule this year. They also host thir- number 13 currently, Florida. So they, they miss a lot of the big-time schools outside of Georgia. Uh, so it's not like you're facing an Alabama again this year. You know They had the LSU victory last year, which was incredibly thrilling. Uh, so they do have an opportunity to, to do that 8-4, and 9-3 type of season this year. But it is going to come down to what Connor Baselick can do at the quarterback position. Can he improve? And, and can we see Tyler Beatty really kind of step up more in that role and, and, and kind of replace what Larry Roundtree did last year? Yeah, I think so. Because Beatty's more of an explosive back than Roundtree was. You know, Roundtree's steady, a guy that's going to get you three or four yards. But he wasn't going to really hit the home run runs very often. You know, he didn't have that blazing speed which Beatty is a little bit more that type of guy, you know, that can really just take one and take it to the house at any time. So I think they've got a little bit more explosiveness in their starting running back. The big question is going to be their wide receivers because their wide receiver core is really young. You know, they're talented, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And then how does their defense play? You know, you got a guy like Blaze Aldridge stepping in and taking over that Mike linebacker spot from Nick Bolton, who, of course, is in Kansas City. So how does that fill out? And then, you know, you need that defensive line to really step up. Guys like Kobe Whiteside and Trajan Jeffcoat and Akil Byers have to be dominant on that defensive line for this team and really kind of get Mizzou back to what was kind of one of their trademarks when they were really good was that they had just a dangerous, dominating defensive line. Yeah, and you've seen many, many draft picks coming out of Mizzou as far as defensive capabilities are concerned, and that is going to be key. You're going to have to use these these first couple of games to really – settle into your defense and see what you have out of it. you got a new uh, uh, defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, coming in. So entering that system into your repertoire as well. It's going to be interesting to see how they play that out. And it is year two for Coach Drink as well. And, you know, you look, you always look, at least in my mind, you always look at a guy that comes in as a new head coach. And, and you almost, I don't think you can judge them 100% on their first couple of years at a new organization because, you're basically cycling in your players and cycling out the players from the previous regime. And it, it's difficult because you have to rely on, on guys that, you know, Barry Odom had in here before he was fired. And then integrating some of your guys in, whether it's it's transfers or you start to get your recruiting class in in year three, it's difficult. It's definitely difficult to, to really judge and understand what you're going to see for the first two years of a coach's time here. And, I think we got a good indication of, of what Coach Drink can do, and it's going to be real fun to see how he continues to integrate those guys into his system. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, after year three, you'll really have a good idea, like you said. But uh, he's got a lot of young kids on this team. There's a lot of sophomores. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. That's one thing that worries me a little bit about this defense, and I'm interested to see how they play. Because when you look at their secondary, their depth chart, your top five guys in the secondary for Mizzou, you have one junior. The other four are sophomores. So that's a really young defensive backfield. You know, so there could be some mistakes there. There could be some blown coverages as these guys are growing and learning. So that's going to be something to really watch and see how they develop this year. Yeah. And the fact that they were able to get some playing time last year, uh, some of these guys as freshmen too, uh, that's another big piece as well. We talked about this with the Mizzou basketball team, especially when, you know, you may have a down season, but you're playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores. That's really going to set yourself up for 
year three and four of their careers because they already have that experience and playing in the SEC. If you're playing as a freshman or sophomore in the SEC, yeah, you're going to probably get beat here and there, maybe a little bit more than here and there, but you're getting that experience so that by the time you're a junior, all of a sudden you're solid in your play and your team is just that much better because you do have had that experience the previous year or two. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, there are going to be some growing pains, but hopefully, hopefully they improve as the year goes and, you know, they're a steady, solid group this year. And, you know, then you've got two years, hopefully as upperclassmen, juniors and seniors, where they can really be a, really be an impactful group and kind of the leaders of this defense. Very true. So what are we expecting from today's matchup against Central Michigan? It's uh, a definitely a winnable game, but just looking at the at the numbers, uh, they're expecting this game to be a high-scoring shootout uh, pretty much. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, we don't know a whole lot about Central Michigan, but, you know, their quarterback and their running back are both redshirt freshmen. So, you know, they don't have a whole lot of experience. And the weather conditions are probably going to play a little bit of an impact on this game because it's supposed to be raining in Columbia still at kickoff. So the balls could be wet. There could be a little bit of wind. So it'll be interesting. I think Mizzou will pull this win off. I think they're favored by like 14. So um, hopefully it's a little bit more than that. I'd like to see them win a little bit more convincingly in their home opener. And hopefully there's a good crowd in Columbia today. I know there were still quite a few tickets left and, you know, with the weather, but hopefully they get 60,000 in for field today. I would hope. It's going to be a lot nicer than last year when there were very, very few fans allowed into those games. So it's going to be fun to see. I, yeah, I think Mizzou will, will take this one as well. Uh, I think somewhere in the range of about a, a 31 to 17 victory is probably what I'm looking at right now, mainly because of the weather conditions. You just those those kinds of games tend to not go exactly how you expect them to go. Uh, and I actually think scoring will probably end up happening a little bit later in this game. So I do think Mizzou's going to win today. Yeah, I hope so. You know, this is one of those catch games. This is a game when during Barry Odom's tenure that Mizzou had a tendency to lose. So hopefully Eli Drinkwitz has him fired up. I think he will be, and hopefully they come out, you know, at home and really play well today. I agree 100%. Now moving over to the other side of the coin, we've got the uh, Illini looking to go 2-0 and to start the season. They had the big win against Nebraska last week. Uh, they host UTSA at about 6.30 tonight. Uh, UTSA has their first game of the season. Uh, not not a whole lot to really break down in this because, you know, Illinois had a pretty good game. Arthur Sikowski, 12 of 15, 124 yards, two touchdowns last week against Nebraska. Mike Epstein, 16 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown for the Illini. It, it's really just about getting the train rolling in Illinois with a new head coach, a new system. You know, we saw this with coach drink last year. Now we're seeing it in Illinois. Now, what can we realistically expect from the fighting Illini this year? Um, you know, again, there's, they can only go up because there's been some pretty lean years in Illinois and Brett Bielman has got a good pedigree. You know, he had some really good years in Wisconsin. Uh, not so great at Arkansas when he was down there, but uh, you know, Arkansas has had a hard time really turning that program around after, you know, early 2000s being really good in their tradition in the 90s and 80s. But it's been kind of lean down there for the last 10 years or so. Um, I think Illinois has got a chance to start making some noise. You know, the Big Ten is really tough. I mean, that is that is a tough football division when you've got Michigan and Ohio State and Wisconsin and Penn State and Iowa. And, you know, I mean, they, they are a really strong football conference. But uh, even Northwestern has been good the last few years. 
Um, but I do think they can start to build things. I think they've got the right head coach. And, you know, they should win today. That's definitely a winnable game at home. Again, they're going to have to deal with some weather conditions. There's supposed to be some rain and champagne at kickoff. But uh, I look for Illinois to win big tonight. And uh, the excitement will start to build in that Illinois fan base, you know, because they haven't had anything to be excited about for, you know, like we said, about a decade. So I think I think it'll be some exciting times in Champaign, and I'm anxious to see what they do when they start playing some of the upper-tier teams in the Big Ten just to see where they're at. Yeah, they've got a, a chance to really get off to a good start because after tonight, after tonight they, they travel to Virginia, which should be a tough game. Then they host Maryland. They travel to, to Purdue, and then they host Charlotte before really their, their two toughest tests. They're going to go back-to-back hosting Wisconsin and then traveling to Penn State. Uh, although there is a week off in between those games, so they have time to prepare. And then they also do travel to Iowa later on in the season. So they've got a very tough back end of the schedule. Wisconsin, Penn State, Rutgers, Minnesota, Iowa, and then they wrap up at home against Northwestern. So it's not going to be an easy end of the season, but if they can really get that excitement building these first six weeks, you, you as an Illini fan, you could probably – sit there and say as long as they're competitive in those matchups against Wisconsin, Penn State, and Iowa, and if they come into it six and zero or five and one or what have you, I think you can count that as a win on the season. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, they'll be fired up for that Wisconsin game. I'm sure Brett Bielmill has that circled on his calendar and will have his team ready to go trying to get some uh, retribution against the Badgers. So that that'll be a fun game to watch. And like I said, the Big Ten's just going to be a really competitive conference this year so hopefully Illinois can play some good football yeah and speaking of the Big Ten we had a very very big game on Thursday night between number four Ohio State and Minnesota Uh, Minnesota one of those teams that isn't ranked now but has a chance to to, you know really make some noise in that Big Ten Uh, Ohio State a 45-31 victory on Thursday night CJ Stroud got his debut for the Buckeyes 13 of 22 294 yards four touchdowns and an interception uh, Mayan Williams for Ohio State, nine carries, 125 yards and a touchdown. Chris Olave, 117 yards and two touchdowns on four receptions. Uh, over on the Minnesota side, Muhammad I- Ibrahim, 30 carries, 163 yards and two touchdowns. Minnesota held a 14-10 to 10 lead at the half. They really put together a great drive to end that first half and really give themselves some momentum going into the second half. And it looked like for a while there that the upset may have been brewing, but Two late third-quarter touchdowns by Ohio State, a 56-yard touchdown pass and a 32-yard fumble return gave Ohio State that lead that they did not relinquish. Two teams went back and forth in that fourth quarter with Minnesota really pushing hard to get back into that game. But at the end of the day, the Buckeyes with the victory, uh, you look at that team and uh, is Ohio State the class of the Big Ten right now? Uh, Is that how it's going to end up? I mean, you got a young quarterback in Stroud there playing in his first year, but they got a lot of talent up there. Yeah, they always do. I mean, they're going to be good. You know, it's hard to say they're the class because we haven't seen what these other teams look like yet, but they're going to be good. You know, that's just what Ohio State does. You know, they, they're they kind of like Alabama. They just keep bringing in those those big four- and five-star kids, and, uh, you know, they never have to rebuild. They just kind of add and, and keep going. But uh, Big Ten will be interesting. Um, I'm anxious to see what the young quarterback does when he has to go up against the Penn State of Michigan, some of those bigger rivalry games, Michigan State, some of those type games, and see how he plays there. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure Ohio State will be in that top 10 ranking most of the year unless they really struggle. 
Yeah, it was a, a shaky start for Stroud. He he threw an interception early and didn't really look all that comfortable. But yeah, he turned it on as the game went on. And like you said, Ohio State, it's it's one of those or you know those universities and programs that just retool, retool, retool. They just add and add and add, and they just cycle players in. So uh, right now they are one and zero and and looks pretty good. But Minnesota also looks pretty good. So we'll see how uh, the Golden Gophers look. The rest of the season, like I said, they play uh, Illinois a little bit later this year. Uh, on Friday night, we had our first upset of the year, just two games into the season. Virginia Tech, a 17-10 to victory over North Carolina. Uh, UNC quarterback Sam Howell did not look good. 17-32, of 32, 208 yards, a touchdown, but three interceptions. Braxton Burmeister for, Virgi- for Virginia Tech, 12-19, of 19, 169 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. It was really the story of the Virginia Tech defense. Uh, they were a big-time bend-don't-break in this game. They gave up 354 yards of total offense, but they held North Carolina scoreless into the second half and really just gave up a touchdown and a field goal. So, you know, you look at that and, and you go, man, UNC, a top-10 ranked team. Virginia Tech got it no love in the preseason polls. You know, Miami is also up there at number 14. But Virginia Tech could be one of those sneaky dark horse teams over there in the ACC that could make some noise. Yeah, to hear uh, Virginia Tech beating North Carolina as an upset just doesn't even sound right because Virginia Tech has been so good for the last 20 or 30 years. So I think they will, uh, I think they'll have a good season. You know, I think they'll be ranked probably in the next couple of weeks because the ACC is not super strong. I mean, you've got Clemson, of course, and then, you know, we'll see with Miami. Um, But Virginia Tech will probably be right there in the hunt. They usually are. So, you know, that'll be a good game. We also saw Tennessee lose this week, which was not considered a huge upset. I'm surprised because a lot of people, think Tennessee is building back towards something. But uh, that, the fact that they lost this week gives you a little bit more confidence that Mizzou can go in there and beat them. And Mizzou beat Tennessee last year so in Tennessee. So, you know, the Tigers are definitely uh, going to have an interesting run in the SEC this year too, especially in their division because there's some teams that are going to be down. You know, South Carolina is not very good this year. Um, and then we'll see with Georgia and Florida. You know, Missouri's been able to handle Florida for the most part since they went to the SEC. You know, we've beaten Georgia a couple times, but that will be that will be the big game to see where Mizzou is. That certainly will. And, you know, another team that uh, had a shocking result this uh, this weekend uh, was a team in uh, Kansas. Did you see this? Kansas, they, they win. They win uh, for the first time against uh, an F- FCS team. First win since 2019. And the fans stormed the field up in Kansas. They're that starved for a football victory that they stormed the field after beating an FCS team. Yeah, that, that might be the only win they get all year. So they, they've got to enjoy it. And did you see the horrible new uniforms that Kansas have? They've they almost looks like they're trying to go North Carolina colors. They've got some powder blue with the dark blue with red, and it, it just it's not a good look. Oh, well, I mean, you know, anything to sell tickets or buy or get money into the organization, I guess, after, you know, going winless for the last almost two years, I guess, I guess you got to do something to change the the football juju up there, I guess, man, man. But, you know, what was it uh, with all these uh, conference switches? People keep thinking, keep asking, you know, when, when's Kansas going to get the invite somewhere? I mean, when don't you want to get a cupcake team into your into your conference to, to give yourself an easy win? <laughs> Yeah, nobody, nobody's inviting Kansas to go anywhere. Even with their basketball program, none of the Power Five conferences are going to bring Kansas in. They're they're going to. It's going to be interesting. I think they're going to stay in the Big Twelve. And we heard 
you know, the other day that the Big 12 is looking at Houston and BYU and Cincinnati and Central Florida as possibly being the new teams to move into the Big 12. And then, you know, maybe, you know, I think the Big 12 will probably become almost more, I mean, they'll still have football, but I think it'll be more of a basketball-centric conference at that point because you're still going to have guys, teams like, you know, Houston's got a pretty good football pedigree going right now. You'll still have, you'll still have the Texas Techs in there. You'll still have, you know, uh, why am I losing my mind? Mine here, yeah, Baylor's still yeah. there. TCU's still there. So, you know, you'll have some teams in there to play football. But you know, if Cincinnati comes in, you know that that adds to your basketball abilities there. Oklahoma State's still a good football program as well. Um, so, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Big Twelve does. But they may be the weakest of the Power Five football team conferences. Oh, most definitely. I mean, Cincinnati is ranked eight this year in the in the preseason polls as far as football is concerned. They have had a bit of a resurgence in their football program the last couple of years, but yeah, not not a strong pedigree in the long run. So, uh, you know, and BYU, BYU's kind of had a, a a decent football history. I mean, obviously Zach Wilson up in New York now uh, played at BYU last year. So, I, I'd say you're right. It's it's not going to be football focused. But they will have some good football programs. Just it will be one of the weaker conferences uh, when all is said and done. If this happens when, with the uh, with the mergers and, and the teams flipping around, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I kind of want to go back to uh, what you were talking about as far as the ACC and Miami. You brought up Miami. Well, they have a big game today coming up at two thirty. It's the Chick Fil A kickoff game, and they're hosting defending champs and number one Alabama. Uh, that's a hell of a way to start your season. Uh, the defending champs. Now Miami does have some hope in a sense. They've got a veteran offensive line. They got the Eric King at quarterback, uh, but they have to basically go up against a, an Alabama defense that was brutal down the stretch. 21 sacks in the final five games last year for that Alabama defense. And they return a lot of their, uh, their starters from last year. Uh, this, this is a game that if, if Miami can win, it's a massive statement, but do we give them any shot at winning this game? Man, I want to say yes, because I, I grew up a huge Hurricane fan. As a kid, that's where I was like, that's where I want to go play football because, you know, growing up growing up in the late 80s, the 90s, you know, Mizzou, or Mizzou Miami was the, the team. I mean, you know, they were the dominant team, even in the early 2000s. You know, they were just a great pedigree of team brought so much talent and so much flair out of the Miami team. So I want to say, yes, they're going to play Alabama tough. Probably not. Alabama will probably beat them, but man, I would love to see Miami knock off Alabama in the first week of the season and really kind of bring back the, bring back the pedigree to that hurricane team because they've had some great teams and man, a lot of super, super players have come out of the university of Miami. Yeah, and it's a 19-and-a-half-point uh, spread today. So I don't even think the bookmakers are giving Miami a chance, even though they're 14th in the country right now. Now, Bryce Young does get the start, and in, in, it's his debut for Alabama. He's uh, going to have to do this with a lot of new pieces around him, a lot of young, new faces on that offensive side of things. But Brian Robinson Jr. and John Mechie III are, are returning threats for Alabama. And – you know, we, we looked at it last year as far as Alabama is concerned. And, you know, you had the names that you were looking at. But just like in LSU, there are guys that come out of the out of the, the woodwork that make a difference that you weren't expecting them to. And I, I feel like Alabama, just like, you know, we were talking about Ohio State, 
they're going to have a guy or two that's going to just show up that you're going to be like, oh, that's a guy you're going to have to watch. Yeah, it'll happen. You know, Alabama with Nick Saban, you know, with the pedigree they have, it'll happen. There'll be some guys that you're like, holy cow, all of a sudden these guys, we didn't know these guys when the season started. Now they're in the Heisman hunt. But, uh, you know, at some point it's going to fall off too. It always does. You know, these things go in cycles. And so at some point the Saban magic will wear off a little bit. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see when that happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I think everybody outside of Alabama is eagerly anticipating that day when Alabama and the Nick Saban magic wear off completely. Uh, we were talking about the Big Ten earlier, and they've got two big, big matchups today, two top 25 matchups today. You've got coming up here in just about oh, 35 minutes, Penn State, number 19, is going to be traveling to Wisconsin, number 12. And there's a lot on the line for both of these teams. You know, Penn State's on a four-game winning streak against Wisconsin. The last Badger win was back in 2011. But on the flip side, Wisconsin's seeking their 26th straight home opener. So something's going to give in this game. Uh, over on the Penn State side, you've got Johan Dotson uh, at the wide receiver position looking to improve even more on his season last year. 884 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, but he's going up against a very, very senior back end for Wisconsin. Fayon Hicks, a fifth-year senior, and Caesar Williams, a sixth-year senior, led a 12th-ranked pass efficiency defense last year for the Badgers. So if you're looking at this game, you got to say it, it's going to come down to that receiving core of Penn State versus the back end of the Wisconsin defense. Yeah, and it's just not easy for anybody to go up to Wisconsin and win. That's a tough place to play. So if I was going to throw a bet down, I would go with Wisconsin, although I think it'll be a pretty close game. It will be. I mean, the spread's five and a half right now with Wisconsin kind of the favorites. And you're going to have to get a good game from Graham Mertz. Now, now Mertz had a big-time game against Illinois last year in the season opener, five touchdowns in a route of the Illini. But he went the rest of the season with five interceptions and four touchdowns total. Uh, Mertz is going to have to have a really, really big game for the Badgers in order to to beat Penn State. But I, I feel like he's got the ability to do that, and I think we'll see a lot from Mertz today. Yeah, I think I think he's got the ability. It'll be interesting, you know, second year, so we'll see how he advances in his uh, play calling and those kind of things, ability to read the field. But uh, it's going to be a tough game. It'll be a packed game. It'll be a loud crowd in Wisconsin, and, and that will play a little bit of a, a factor in that game, you know. A lot of the home teams are really going to have an advantage when kids go into stadiums. Some of these kids have never played in a stadium full of with 70 or 80,000 people in it before because, you know, there were no fans last year for the most part. So it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of an impact that has on stuff today. Oh, it's going to have a big time impact. That first quarter for a lot of these games are going to be probably a little bit uh, laundry laden as far as the flags are concerned with, with false starts potentially. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the other big time matchup in the big 10, you've got number 17, Indiana traveling to number 18, Iowa, both these teams looking to contend for their division titles. Uh, Iowa is going to have a tough stretch if they're going to want to compete though. They got to face number 17, Indiana today, and then they face number seven, Ohio state next week. So they've got a real tough start to their schedule, but if they go two and Oh, that, that sets them up nicely. Yeah, it does. Uh, Indiana's ranked. I'm not sure how good they really are. You know, so we'll see. I think Iowa wins today. And then Iowa, Ohio State have had some really good matchups the last couple of years. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I think Iowa's going to be a pretty decent team in the Big Ten this year. You better not let Tom Ackerman hear you talking bad about his Indiana team. 
Oh, I know, I know. But at least at least their basketball program's on the way back up, and their football team has gotten better. I'm just not sure. You know, I'm just not sure they're the 17th ranked team in the country. You know, I'm not sure that they're at that point yet. I think it's definitely there's a lot of hype around it because a couple of years ago they had a really solid season and uh, they were expecting to do the same thing last year. But Michael Penix Jr. had an ACL injury last year and that really kind of sent them down the rabbit hole of, of bad games and he comes back. So I think they're they're looking at that return as being a, a catalyst for them to have a bounce back year this year and really make a push in the Big Ten. But, but like you said earlier, this is such a stacked conference that having this many teams already in the top 25, it, it's probably not going to hold because a lot of them are going to be playing against each other. So, you know, you're going to have to play hard week in and week out. And I don't know. I mean, it, a one loss team out of the Big Ten probably could make the college football playoff. But a two-loss team out of the Big Ten is going to be a tough stretch, and uh, you got a lot of teams that are playing against each other, so it's going to be tough. Yeah, it will. It will. You know, a one-loss team in the Big Ten, unless it's Ohio State, you know, just because they're Ohio State, I'm not sure that they get in the playoff. I mean, it'll come down to what other teams do in other conferences, but you know, you're going to run into a situation where you could very possibly have you know two teams in the SEC that don't have a loss in Alabama and Georgia. You know. Although Georgia's got a huge test coming up this weekend as well. But, uh, you know, that's a possibility. You know, you've also got the Pac-12 is going to be interesting to see what they do this year. Conference has been down a little bit the last couple of years, although it seemed like last year Oregon was starting to make a make a turn again and start to get back to the top of that conference. And at some point, USC is going to be relevant again too, I would think. Yeah, I mean, USC's ranked 15th this year. And you were talking about the uh, the Georgia matchup tonight. They've got a huge one against Clemson. Number three, Clemson hosting number five, Georgia. Uh, both teams definitely poised to compete for the college football playoff. Uh, you got the new quarterback at Clemson, uh, DJ Ugiolela, taking the reins from Trevor Lawrence. But uh, Georgia has a very stacked front. Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Jalen Carter, and Trayvon Walker. So as a young quarterback, I mean, he came in and, and had he had some good moments last year taking over for Trevor Lawrence in, in different instances. But going up against that front of Georgia, you might be scrambling for your life tonight. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. We'll see. You know, both teams have kind of young quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think I'm gonna take Georgia to win tonight. Although the Mizzou fan in me would love to see them start the season 0-1. But uh, I think Georgia pulls a little bit of the upset today and beats Clemson. I mean, it's not surprising. It's a three-point spread uh, with Clemson, I think, getting the nod just because of the home team. Uh, but once again, you know, you lose Trevor Lawrence, you lose Travis Etienne. You're putting new faces into those big, important roles at, at, at the Clemson side of things. And, yeah, Georgia has sort of the same thing as well that they're going through. But I think looking at what Georgia's had to face in the SEC in their time, that I think they're probably a little bit more prepared than a Clemson team. Although you can't discount Dabble Sweeney and what he's able to do and produce out of that uh, out of that Clemson team, but I think you're right. I think it'll probably be a Georgia victory tonight. Although it, it's going to be a very very close nail biting game. And you know what could what could be the difference in that game is what we talked about a little bit earlier. Is Georgia having to go play that game in Death Valley? Those Clemson crowd are going to be loud. It's going to be intense. And uh, that could be the deciding factor, honestly. It really, really could. And it's going to show you the mettle of a team on if they're going to be able to go in there and 
compete at a high level with that many fans screaming at you and and trying to get you to jump offside or, or do something stupid. So uh, the fans could have a big-time impact in this game tonight at Clemson. All right, let's go ahead and run down the top 25 games and give you our picks for those games. We've got a lot of fun stuff starting here in just about 27 minutes. Uh, you've got uh, number two, Oklahoma. At Tulane, that game moved to Norman, Oklahoma, mainly because of the strength of Hurricane Ida's remnants. Uh, it's it's Oklahoma. I, I don't see this game going any other way but Oklahoma winning. Yeah, Tulane's football team hasn't been relevant in a couple of decades. So, yeah, Oklahoma wins easily, I would think. I, I agree. Uh, we've got the Penn State-Wisconsin game. I think you said you're going with Wisconsin, correct? Yeah, I'm taking Wisconsin at home. I'll go with Wisconsin at home as well. We talked a little bit about Oregon's turn back towards the good side. They're ranked 11th this year. They've got a uh, 1 o'clock game against Fresno State. Fresno State 1-0 on the year already, but the spread is a Oregon 20 points. Yeah, Oregon covers that. They'll win big. Okay, I got Oregon as well. Alabama-Miami, you think Alabama? I agree. 19.5 point spread. Uh, I, I, I think it'll be close early. I think Miami will have a little hype behind them, a little push behind them with the fans and being a home game. But I think when all is said and done, Alabama will take this one very, very easily. Uh, we, uh, aforementioned Cincinnati is hosting Miami of Ohio today. I think Cincinnati will definitely take this one. They've got a big point spread as well, 22 and a half. Yeah. Oh, Miami of Ohio can be sneaky sometimes. That game might be closer than the spread, but I think Cincinnati wins. Okay, and you got the Indiana uh, and Iowa game. Uh, Iowa, a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. It's a home matchup. I, I know you're not high on Indiana. I think I know which way you're going on this one. Yep, I got Iowa. Uh, man, I want to pick Indiana. I really, really do, but I think you're right. I think it's going to end up being uh, Iowa in this game, uh, although it's going to be close. I think Indiana is going to prove a lot of people wrong this year. And I think it will be a close game today. That game coming up at 2.30 on the Big Ten Network. Uh, at 3.30, you have Northern Iowa traveling to play Ohio State. Both uh, that, that Ohio State team kind of gearing up in preparation for that Ohio that Iowa game next week. And those sometimes can be trap games with a, a smaller school coming in. you got a big point spread. You're looking ahead to next week. Do you think uh, Ohio State might slip up? Not at home. There'll be a hundred thousand people in the horseshoe. They'll they'll win that pretty easily. Okay, I I think you're right. Ohio State will win that game pretty easily as well. Uh, you've got uh, really one of the, the surprise teams from last year in uh, Louisiana, ranked twenty third this year. They're traveling to Texas, ranked at uh, at twenty one. Now, obviously, Texas is kind of in a rebuild, uh, new coaching staff, uh, and, and really trying to get back to prominence. This game. Could be pretty tight. What do you what are you seeing out of this game between Louisiana and Texas? I'm gonna go with the upset, although it's not a huge upset. You know, this just feels like a game that over the last few years Texas has found a way to lose, you know, games like this that they should win. So I'm gonna go Louisiana. Okay. Uh man, I, I think you you could be right. Uh Hudson Card making his first career start. Uh Louisiana's got a very veteran defensive secondary, uh Braylon Trahan back there leading the way oh man this could be yeah this could be a big time upset I, I think I'm gonna agree with you I think I'm gonna go with Louisiana in this one they they had some games last year I think they started off the season with a big time upset I think it was against Ohio State wasn't it not 
Uh, I can't remember. It might have been. I, I think it was. So they, they have a penchant for doing this over the last year or two. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'll go with you. I think I, I think Louisiana will pull the upset. You can see that game at 3.30 on Fox. Uh, let's see if we're right on that one. Uh, you got San Jose State going to USC, uh, a big-time matchup for USC in the Pac-12. Uh, I, I think that's a, a pretty easy USC victory, though. I agree. And then we both got uh, Georgia over Clemson in the Dukes-Mayo Classic tonight at 6.30 on ABC. Uh, Florida hosts FAU tonight at 6.30 on the SEC Network. Another big-time easy victory for Florida. Should be. Okay. Kent State at number six, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, probably one of those teams in the SEC that you look at and, and don't really think a whole lot about, but they could make some noise as well. They do. They're another one of the teams that you know doesn't get a whole lot of respect in the SEC, but I think they take that game. Uh, I am in agreement with you there. Washington and Montana, I think we uh, can all agree Washington will take that win as well. They should. And the the nightcap on Fox tonight at 7.30, you got a game that could be very, very entertaining. You've got number 16 LSU at number or at 1-0 UCLA. It's just a two-and-a-half point favorite to LSU in this matchup. Uh, obviously, UCLA not ranked, but... This, this is a this is a really tough game for LSU. Yeah, especially the, the way they played last year. You know, they really struggled last year. Uh, I think I'm going to go for it. I think I'm going to go with the upset. We're going to go UCLA. Okay, all right. Uh, I can see that being the case. Like you said, that game against Mizzou last year was really telling, I guess, for for LSU fans because Mizzou really kind of. Bent but didn't break. Uh, you saw the, the talent that LSU had on the offensive side, but their defense gave up yards in chunks. And when it came down to it, Mizzou's defense clamped down, and LSU could not push in the ball from about the one-yard line. Yeah, Mizzou knocked down the pass You know, with a couple of seconds left in the end zone that secured that win. Well, the big thing of that was that they were going to the guy that ended up had three or four touchdowns on the game. So, you know, when you're when your guy that's been wreaking havoc all game is shut down, are you able to go somewhere else? And LSU couldn't do that last year, and we'll see if they're going to be able to to progress and, and do that this year. But I think you're right. I think I'm going to go with UCLA uh, in the upset. And, and Will, I know you're on break. No, I am not in today. I've worked 45 hours already this week, and uh, I get the day off. So I, I have a Saturday free to watch college football and do homework. Yippee. There you go. So now the game on Sunday night for your Labor Day weekend viewing pleasure. Uh, I know that Scott is cringing at this because he has no understanding why anybody would put this game on the Sunday night, you know, preview or, or primetime game. You got number nine, Notre Dame traveling to Florida state. Now we talked about this off air a couple days ago and we were wondering why this was the game, but you look at what's gone down as far as, you know, the, the, the death of Bobby Bowden and now the schedule was made well before he passed. So it's not like you can, but the fact that Florida state's going to be able to kind of have a nice celebration that the, it's the only game on the day. You can kind of make this a little bit about the life and legacy of Bobby Bowden. Uh, I, I think it ended up working out somewhat nicely for college football's sake, that you're going to have this game with the pedigree of Notre Dame, the pedigree of Florida State, and the celebration of Bobby Bowden's life on Labor Day weekend. I think it ended up working out pretty well. Yeah, you may not get a crap ton of viewers, but 
it is a nice kind of bow on the first week of college football. Uh, I think you'll get I think you'll get more viewers than you think because there's still a passionate fighting Irish fan base. They'll all tune in, and Florida State still has still has some fans. I mean, and you know that was quite the rivalry in the '90s, Ohio State and Florida State's or Notre Dame and Florida State. Sorry, my brain's not working. It's still early this morning, but uh, yeah, I think they'll have a lot of people watching. I don't think it'll be a close game. I think Notre Dame wins that hands down. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, there's going to be the emotion at Florida State, but sometimes emotion can only carry you so far. And it, it looks like McKenzie Milton could be making his return after uh, that leg injury he suffered back in 2018 at UCF. Uh, so we'll be interested to see if he is going to get a chance to get out there because Florida State might be running a co-starter system this year with Jordan Travis as well. Uh, obviously, you, you kind of you don't want to put all your eggs in Milton's basket coming off of that terrible leg injury i mean i still remember just oh i don't even want to remember seeing that injury once again but being able to make a return for him is good but having a guy like jordan travis able to spell you uh gives florida state an opportunity to uh to, to have some success at the quarterback position but i think you're right i think notre dame uh will prevail in this or they got Jack Cohn coming from Wisconsin as a transfer, a pretty decent offensive line uh, being brought back as well. So we'll see how that plays. I think Notre Dame is going to win this game. Now let's talk about the way too early college football playoff, because obviously it's week one and we have no idea how these teams are going to look, but just right off the cuff, what do you think, we're looking like as far as the college football playoff is concerned, which teams do you feel like are going to be competing at the end of the day? Uh, if you're asking me right now to pick my four teams, it's pretty easy. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson and Oregon. Those are my four. Oh, pretty easy throwing Oregon in there. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking you're going to say Georgia or somebody along those lines, but no, you're just going to drop the, Oh yeah. I think Oregon's going to be a top four team this year. I do because I think Georgia and Alabama will play in the SEC championship game and Georgia, Alabama will win, which will knock Georgia out. You know, we talked about the Pac-12 not being as strong. You know, maybe USC and UCLA are better, but I think Oregon will be the cream of the crop there. So I think they'll get in. And then I think Clemson wins the ACC. So there it is. I think the, the one question that people would have, though, is if, if Alabama and Georgia do meet in the, in the SEC championship game and they're both undefeated, a one loss team in either Alabama or Georgia losing in the SEC championship game, that's been a recipe for them still getting into the college football playoff, even with an undefeated, possibly Pac 12 championship champion being there as well. Yeah, except that Georgia's not going to be undefeated because they're going to lose to Mizzou. Uh, unfortunately, Mizzou's going to lose a couple of games too, which will allow Georgia to win that division. But yeah, no, they'll get knocked off by Alabama and it'll knock them out. Unfortunately. Okay. There you go. Okay, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for that Mizzou over Georgia prediction to sit there and set Georgia up for a two-loss team at that point. Because, uh, yeah, we've seen in the past how many times the loser at the SEC championship game at one loss somehow still makes it into the college football playoff. And I know that they've been talking a lot about expanding the college football playoff as well to six or eight teams, which would allow you know the Pac-12 to get in there, maybe the Big 12 as well, and in a lesser extent. Are we anywhere closer in your mind to having an expansion of that of the, the football playoff? Yeah, it's going to happen. It'll happen probably, you know, in 2025 when 
Texas and Oklahoma moved to the Big 12. I mean, to the SEC. My God, my brain's not working this morning. <laughs> um, but yeah, it will because you're going to want to see, you know, you're going to want those teams to have a chance. And people are getting tired of seeing the same four teams in the playoffs every year. They want to see some other teams in there. And it, it'll make it more exciting, you know, because then you're going to have more of a chance of Alabama getting knocked off or Clemson getting knocked off and somebody else actually getting to the championship game if you expand those playoffs. Yeah, and we've seen it. I mean, March Madness is what it is because of the amount of teams that get in and the, and the matchups that you do have. And I, I think even if you do expand it to eight, for the most part, you're still going to probably see a majority of the time the top four seeds advance to that semifinal round, and, and you're going to see some of the times the same teams there. But just having the penchant and the ability to have an upset and somebody go on a run uh, may not prove that they're the best team all year, but sometimes that's not what it's about. Sometimes it's about who the best team is in the moment. It, it takes a full season to get to your best. And if you get to your best the last two weeks of the season, but you suffered a loss or two early on, that's not the team you are now. And and maybe you are the better team at that point in time. And, and expanding the field will give you that option for sure. Right. Yeah. And everybody loves to see the Cinderella team, the team that you don't expect every once in a while get into that. And that would make that opportunity definitely there. So. It'll be fun to see how that plays out. That it certainly will. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here as we get college football coming up here in about 14 minutes. Make sure you tune into the SEC Network for the Central Michigan-Missouri game. And you can also check out the uh, the Illinois-UTSA game on the Big Ten Network at 630. Plenty of big-time games going on today, starting at 11 o'clock on Fox, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Scott, we're going to try and do this every single week so you can get primed and ready to go for the college football Day and when the NFL starts next week, we'll be getting ready for the NFL season as well. Got anything else before we head out today? Uh, no, I think that's it. Just uh, make sure you tune in on Monday. We'll be doing more of our NFL previews. We'll be in the NFC, and we'll also be talking some high school football because our old friend Ray Halbrook is going to be joining us from Livestream STL to talk all things high school football in the St. Louis area. So a big-time football Monday as well as we get prepared for the NFL, wrap up the week that was in high school and college football, and get you previewed for, for more football action as well. It's, it's a wonderful time of the year for sports fans. You've got football. You've got baseball wrapping up into the playoffs. You've got the NBA and NHL preseason starting later this month. It's going to be just a great, great time to be a sports fan, and it's starting to get really nice outside too. Yep, the weather's going to break. One more thing. If you can, if you can help us, uh, if you've watched the show, you know that we are working with the American Cancer Society for the Real Men Wear Pink campaign. There's a link to my donation page on our page, on my personal page. So if you can, please donate a little bit of money. Anything you can do will help. Help us fight the nasty disease that is breast cancer. Yes, please, please do. Please do. Make sure you go to that link and donate as much as you possibly can. All righty, guys. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy college football today. We'll be back with you on Monday for more football talk. For Scott, I am Wags. Have a great Saturday, a great Labor Day weekend, and have fun. Hey, it's you, man, here from Casey. For all your sports news, catch the Toasted Tavern with Scott Tobin and the man called Wags weeknights at 9 p.m. You can follow Toasted Tavern on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Let's get toasted.